Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is arriving in Miami for the F1 race or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, they deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINT, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Miami Grand Prix in style at flyalliance.us. It's race week on this week's episode of In the Points. We prepare for history as we head to Miami for the Cryptocurrency Grand Prix. Tune in as we discuss our Twitter conspiracy theories, predictions for who's singing the national anthem, celebrity gridwalks, and as always, Sam's picks. Why is the marina not made of real water? Are the Lewis Hamilton driver swap rumors true? Will Gloria Estevan grace Hard Rock Stadium with her presence? Listen in to hear our theories and predictions and more for such a historic race. Sam, we are back for another week of the In the Points podcast. It's race week. There's nothing better than race week, but welcome back to the podcast, Sam. Thanks so much. It's it's always great to be part of the fastest growing podcast in the world. I, I can't wait to be back. I'm so pumped for Miami. It's going to be awesome. We have a jam-packed episode this week. We've got so much to talk about between the headlines, between the new track, what we're expecting, uh, and the gambling segment as always. But... First, got to introduce our special guest this week, maybe a recurring part of the podcast, Stefano Sedano. He is a pure blood Italian, big redhead, not in the looks because he is certainly not a ginger, but he is a big prancing horse guy, probably the biggest Ferrari guy, king of the Tafosi. Welcome on, Stefano Sedano. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Sam. Box, 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 gentlemen. Let's head into the pits and have ourselves a discussion. Excellent. Love it. So, guys, let's start off this week. Today, big, we're recording today on Monday. Big news in the F1 community today. Audi and Porsche have agreed to terms to join the F1 circuit for 2026. Big news. Volkswagen finally convinced of their two big luxury brands that this is a sport that they need to enter. Sounds like what we're hearing is McLaren and Audi. There's some rumors that there's a big relationship there, even as rumors as so, so far to say is, are Audi going to purchase McLaren? And then Porsche, big time partnership with Red Bull Racing. And it's just in time for at the end of the power unit freeze. So a lot to expect there. But let's start with Sam. What's your reaction to that? My initial reaction is I'm surprised that it's McLaren who's thinking about selling themselves. You know, it they're, they've got a lot of momentum the last two years. They've picked it up this year. I'm just surprised to see them be, be the name out there. Uh, I'm also interested if 
it's just going to remain as 10 teams, 20 drivers. I think they're in a perfect spot with where they are right now. You know, I watch IndyCar a lot and like having more than 20 cars on the grid just kind of convolutes things. So I'm hoping it stays a 10 team format. Uh, my only other reaction to it was where's Andretti racing? You know, they've been looking to get into F1 for a while. They had their name rumored. I thought they'd be the next name to get to get in it, to hear that it's Audi and not Andretti racing. I'm surprised. So I wonder if something's going on there behind closed doors. Yeah, no, totally. And to your point, I mean, F2, they've got 22 drivers, 11 teams on the circuit. So, I mean, it seems like it is a sport. I do. I'm with you. I love the format. I think 20 is the right number. It sounds like, though, that the FIA and Formula 2 in general have, have a format where they've got 11 teams could add some more teams to the mix. Uh, I'm surprised as well. McLaren, Zach Brown has been pretty vocal that this team is not for sale. I thought the first team we we're going to hear about would be Aston Martin. Cause it sounds like Lawrence Stroll is really not happy with the team. They're last on the grid this year. First points back at Imola. He's sinking money into a sinking ship, but Stefano, I mean, you've been around formula one for a while. Talk to us about like this. Is this, this is monumental for Audi and Porsche to enter F1. Well, guys, I'm actually pretty excited about the news. You know, Audi and Porsche have, decades and decades of racing pedigree behind them. Audi and Porsche have been involved in Le Mans. I mean, Audi, the World Rally Championship pedigree that they have, I think they're going to bring really great stuff to the sport should this news turn out to be uh, true. What is it, 2026 that they're going to come into? 2026, once the new power units kind of come into the market too. Yeah, uh, I think that's great news for the sport. I'm always a fan of, you know, more engine constructors. You know, I think it's a bit stale you know, the, the, the current grid uses, I think, four power units right now spread out amongst 10 teams. You know, I think for the most part, it's Ferrari and Mercedes that have the lion's share of power unit spread there. So if we can get more power units into the sport, I think that's going to be good. You know, if that turns out to be the case, first year or so, there might be some hiccups. I know when Honda first re-entered the sport a few years ago, the power units that they were supplying were a bit of a dud, but I think this is good news for the sport. McLaren, I'm a bit unsure though. I hope that they don't end up buying the team outright because that would be a shame if we lose the McLaren name on the grid. I don't think that's going to happen. Historically, McLaren has been partnered up with various uh, constructors over the years. McLaren Honda, for some of our older audience members, um, you know that was a big, big racing partnership back in the 80s and the 90s with uh, Ayrton Senna and Alain Prost. That was a very successful period for McLaren. McLaren Mercedes in the late 90s with Mika Hakkinen, that was a very big uh, period for them too. So if this is going to be like a McLaren Audi type thing where they keep the name and you know Audi supplies the power units, I think that will be good for them. I think, uh, I think they'll be able to gain back some of, uh, some of the, the ground that they've lost to Red Bull and Mercedes over the years. No, I mean, it's honestly, it's crazy for the sport. I think you're right right now. Sam and I have talked in previous episodes about how the Mercedes power units this year have underperformed other teams on the grid with Aston Martin, with McLaren, with, with even Mercedes itself. So it's nice to have some, some optionality back in the sport. Sam, I, I thought that we were going to get an Audi Williams potential deal because I think Williams is going through probably the most changes in terms of personnel on the grid. The family is owning less and less of the team. The brand name of Williams is huge, but I think they've got an outsider in a CEO. So I thought we were going to get something with Williams in the mix. That would have made the most sense. And yeah, it's not your older brothers, Williams anymore. You know, no. that name isn't carrying the water it once did. And um yeah, it, it, they, they for sure would have been my choice as the as the biggest contender to 
to sell the Audi. So I can, I concur with your message there. Yeah. And honestly, really excited to see what transpires, obviously a couple of years out until we see anything hitting the, the grid, but just really good stuff for, for F1 in general. We're seeing a lot of growth. I mean, we even saw Danny Ricardo on Trevor Noah the other day. So making some good strides in the U S market too. But the other rumor that we heard this past week, which is a, a crazy rumor it's gotten Twitter all up in arms is two unnamed teams are expecting to swap drivers during the season. It's been released by the same exact uh, uh, reporter who broke the news that Albon was returning to F1 last year for a Williams and it's gotten Twitter up in arms. So I've done a ton of deep dives into this, but I wanted to get your guys' reaction to the rumors that we're going to see two drivers on grid swapping teams midway through this crazy year so far, considering teams are swapping positions with the constructors every single week. I wanted to get your guys' reaction before we dive into to the, the, the Twitter theories and including my own. Yeah. Um, rumors are such that they always provide, you know, excitement to fans. This particular one, I am excited because I am hopeful that maybe Sebastian Vettel can get a seat in particular potentially a more competitive team. I think that, you know, him with Aston Martin, he shouldn't be there. Uh, a, a quadruple world champion shouldn't be in a team that is as uncompetitive as Aston Martin is. Um, so I'm hoping say a pig of a car. It's a pig of a car. It's a pig of a car, mate, as the, as, <laughs> as, as, as the pundits would say. So I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that, you know, he can secure a seat somewhere that's more competitive. You know, there's been talks, well, rumors, I should say that, you know, there's a potential spot opening up on the Williams lineup for him. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful and excited for Sebastian Vettel at the thought of this news. So, so, so we'll Stefano, it, it, he goes to Williams. That's not a more competitive car than Aston Martin. That's my problem is, is. I'm seeing all these rumors and nothing really makes much sense to me. Vettel's is the number one name you're kind of hearing pop around. I just don't think there's a spot for him on a team that would make him more competitive than he is right now. My, my only one that I think makes sense is Latifi taking a hike and we see Piastri. I mean, that's, that's really the only one that I see that makes sense. I think a lot of this is Stefano's point, just rumors to kind of swirl up some news. Let's talk about the source where that it came from. Some just like, ra- like random Spanish guy. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Like, I, I it is just, pretty random. It's super random. So I'm just not buying the hype around it. I think maybe Latifi goes, maybe we see Piastri. I mean, Latifi's looked like crap. We all know it. And Albon's kind of kind of put him in a, in a tough spot. So... That's the only one that I see happening. Everything else I think is kind of doesn't really make much sense. Go ahead, I agree. Matt. I think that in 20, here, here's what's interesting right now on the grid in 2022, we have close to nine drivers that have contracts expiring this year. So I, I've done a lot of work and research into this. The first big name that comes to mind is, is Checo Perez for Red Bull racing. You gotta, you gotta think that this year in particular, he's had such a strong start that Red Bull is looking to at least lock him back up into 2023. And you got to expect that the top three, call it even four teams, their lineups are pretty much set. Like, let's be honest. We're not going to see Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, and even probably Alfa Romeo. Let's even toss one more in there. Alpine, they're, they're unlikely to move drivers. I mean, we're not seeing a swap between Ferrari and Red Bull where those driver lines are set. 
we are probably probably set with Alfa Romeo. Bottas have a great year, and they've got a rookie with Joe, right? So he's too early to move, right? He just doesn't have a lot of value. You also have Haas, who they're not letting go of Mick Schumacher. Uh, he's locked up to 2023, or sorry, 2022. He In Magnuson, they love him too. So you got to think that even Haas is pretty much locked up for the rest of this year. Now, this is where it starts to get interesting because Red Bull – have had a, a lot of issues with Pierre Gasly in their driver reserve driver lineup. And so part of me thinks that Gasly is a name that could be moved. I don't think helmet Marco and him get along. I don't think Horner really likes him. I think he's somebody that at the end of 2023 will be moving on to another team. So I like the thought of Vettel. I think that's interesting. He also didn't rule out going back to Red Bull. So maybe we even see a Checo and Vettel swap but here's where I start to think things get interesting. If you see Aston Martin making a move, that pretty much guarantees that Lawrence Stroll is selling the team this year because he's not going to move a four or five time driver's champion off of his team midway through the season when that's pretty much his best chance at scoring points, being consistent. So that's number one. Number two, I really don't think you're going to see drivers swapping with Latifi. Now, I think two things happen. Either Somebody swaps and it's really a reserve driver in Latifi. And I think you see Hulkenberg or Piastri come into Formula One again and they take over a seat in Williams. Or you see two teams that are like unlikely people to swap. And I think my biggest bet right now is McLaren. They're going to switch Ricardo out for Gasly because Red Bull knows that they're going to just have um, yours, uh, what's his name, Yips, come back into the AlphaTari alongside Yuki Sonoda next season. But those are some of my. Let me just thoughts. say there's absolutely no chance that Checo gets moved. Absolutely none whatsoever. Zero. Red Bull's not making any moves, and he's definitely not going. Obviously, Max isn't either. Like, He's been he's been well, the Max per- is tied up till 2028. Yeah, but he but he's been the he's been the perfect Robin to Max's Batman and For sure. You, you don't shake that that relationship and combo up. So there's no way Checo gets moved. No, and there's I no agree. way Vettel's going back to Red Bull to play the blatant, blatant second fiddle to Verstappen either. I agree. So I think though that, that was rumors that I think we've debunked. Now, here are my most likely scenarios, and I actually love this one. I think you see, if it's a reserve driver, I think it's a pretty much a no-brainer that Alpine puts Piastri in uh, a Williams. Um, I think they want to see him on track and, and deliver. I don't think they're going to move El Plan, and they've got Esteban Ocon for a couple more years anyway. So I, I think Alpine's driver lineup is pretty much set. I think uh, you're going to see maybe a two-year extension for Checo because I think they have a competitive car, and they're going to let him drive. He's a great second fiddle. I think you got Leclerc in signs, obviously signing those extensions. They're locked up until 2025 and 2024. You're not seeing Mercedes move Hamilton or Russell. You're not going to see Alfa Romeo move Bottas or Joe. You're not going to see Haas move Magnussen or Mick. So that pretty much leaves you with these teams. You either got a move with McLaren, Williams, Alphatari, or Aston Martin. And I don't think Aston Martin's giving up quite yet. I think Lawrence Stroll is going to keep pushing. So then it comes down to, do you see Latifi swapping with another team? And I think that really the only logical answer is you're going to see Gasly being moved to McLaren if anything happens. I don't hate that. I don't hate that theory. I think if there's one other thing that kind of makes sense is Ricardo for Gasly. I think there's benefits to for the teams in both of those situations. So I I don't hate that idea. I think you're spot on. And here's why I'm really diving into this one as a scenario. I think the Zach Brown, Danny Ricardo experiments done. 
I think it's over. I think that they are competitive with Lando. And I think Danny Ricardo, he's just kind of like, he's out of it a little bit. Like he is a good driver. He's fantastic. But I think like, if you had a gun to Zach Brown's head, who would he rather have in orange overalls right here, right now on the grid alongside Lando? I think he'd say he'd rather have Gasly over Ricardo in this moment right now, right here and now. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Daniel Ricardo's time has definitely passed. You know, there was a period where he was very competitive back when he was on Red Bull, but you know, there's nothing for him at McLaren anymore. He's got nothing to prove. He's not racing for anything. You know, I, I don't know what that holds for him in the future, but definitely not a seat in McLaren. Agreed. And here's the other interesting outlandish one. I think you could see Vettel going to Williams because, and but here's why. I think you only see Vettel going to Williams if we know that Aston Martin is looking to just supplement Lawrence Stroll's bankroll, taking on two paid drivers to get the team ready for a sale and just survive the season, get through it. And But I think that anyone moving off of Aston Martin signals that that team is being sold. But lots to look for in, um, in this entire season, especially with the contracts. Because like I said, I, I feel like we have pretty much the driver lineup set for the most part amongst six, seven teams for next year. But who knows? If Imagine if Checo Perez doesn't get an extension for 2023. I mean, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. He's, he's getting one. Let's he's getting right. one. He's got to get one. <laughs> he's getting one. He's, he's, he's got unless he unless he thinks he can go. I mean, there's just nowhere else for him to go to, to be in a better opportunity than he is at Red Bull right now. And I don't think I don't think he can be. I think he thinks that that is probably the best chance at him winning a, a drivers is just more reliability and just being consistent and being in the, the spot where he's ahead of Max so far that like the team needs to just kind of like support him and. That I think this is his best chance at winning, to be honest with you. Lots to follow along. Obviously, all rumors. Super interesting to see where it comes, if anything. Before we go on, I think we're avoiding one very big Lewis Hamilton-sized elephant in this room. Because there's been a lot of talk about his future in F1, too, particularly at Mercedes. An underperforming team this year. You know, he's There's been very blatant news about how he's not happy with the power unit. George Russell is on good form too. You know, there could be a new seat in the Mercedes lineup in the future too. And where does Hamilton go? That's the question. Where's he going to go that will give him a competitive car? Could we see Max Verstappen go to Mercedes and then Hamilton the other way? Wow. Oh, Max. Max You are sick, Stefano. Max is tied up till 2028. So it's going to take quite a lot of money to get him out of his contract for Mercedes. But should they get a more competitive car and, you know, they cut ties with Lewis Hamilton, whose contract I'm pretty sure expires next year as it is. It does. Yeah. So should should he leave early? You know, that leaves a, a seat open in the, in the short term. I think they're probably going to get a reserve driver or some, you know, I'm not I'm not sure what the speculation is about, you know, a short term solution to. Lewis Hamilton leaving before the end of the season is, but I think long term they might want to get Max. I mean, and, you, and I mean, so who wait a minute, wait wow. a minute, wait a minute. You think Mercedes is making a play to try and get Max Verstappen they into could. the Silver Arrows car? I'm not saying that they are. This is merely just conjecture, but it does make sense if you think about it. I love it. From, from, I absolutely but, love it. You know, I gotta. I gotta Max say, would look so it. good in a Mercedes car. Oh man, I gotta say, I hate it. I feel like Red Bull. I feel like Red Bull won't let him go, and I feel like Max hates the Mercedes team. Max, I don't think Max hates Mercedes. I think he just hates Lewis Hamilton. Agreed. I totally agree. <laughs> but like I said, he's tied up till twenty eight. 
it's going to take huge money for Mercedes to get him away from Red Bull. Totally. So this most likely will not happen. Let's be real. But um, you were on it first, if it does. You were on it. But in the points podcast, broke the news first that Max Verstappen is heading to Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you're right. Uh, you're right. You know what, Stefano? For your first episode on, I was avoiding the elephant-sized room. I would honestly call that, though, like a skyscraper-sized elephant in the room because, boy, I don't think – I have Hamilton – sticking around at Mercedes for a while, uh, unless he decides he would like to retire early. I think Toto keeps him around because I think he's a competitive driver, but well, think, think about it. It's not early. He is 37 after all. That is you know, true. He's along with Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel. He's one of the old heads on the grid. He I mean, he looks is. like he looks, he looks like he's 15 years old, true. but he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's an old guy he's, now. Good point. He is an old guy. All right. Well, Hey, lot to keep on. Keep thinking about, I mean, that would be crazy. I can't even believe we just had a segment where Lewis Hamilton is getting swapped with Max Verstappen halfway through 2022 season. Crazy, crazy thoughts. I love it. Love the hot take coming out of you first episode on the podcast. But we got a lot to talk about with Miami. So we're going to shift gears, pun intended. Miami, brand new circuit. Unbelievable. Big history of sports in Miami. First time ever Formula One stepping foot onto a Miami circuit. A little few miles north. It's going to be an electric anti-clockwise circuit going around Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins. Big draw, huge layout, fast speeds. Think that they're predicting up to 320 kilometers with some small elevation changes. For me, guys, it feels a little bit like a little bit of a mix between Jeddah and Australia. Um, three DRS zones. Sam, you've got to be pumped. Three DRS zones coming into the circuit. Yeah, it's the first thing that stood out to me. You know, as the biggest DRS guy on the internet, um, I was very happy to see three zones back uh, at play. I'm still looking for the fourth. We got robbed of it in Australia, but um, I'm still waiting for uh, a fourth DRS zone. But yeah, that first thing that stood out to me. Three DRS zones back. It's going to be a fast track. Yeah, it, it feels a little bit like, I mean, it's clearly a modern circuit. It kind of looks a little bit similar to like Abu Dhabi, kind of a little bit of a feel to that. I think they said that it's a very similar track to Albert Park. So it's going to be very interesting. Supposedly some really tight turns through 14 to 16. It's going to be a little bit, I think they pushed the limit on what the engineering layouts are, are said to have. Uh, top speeds though. And, you know, I think we saw similar speeds like that in Jeddah and Bahrain. So, I mean, we're going to see some really fast circuits. Uh, It's going to be good for overtaking, I think, in certain areas. I think that those turns 14 through 16 are going to bunch the field up a little bit and then open it up for the DRS zone coming down. But awesome for Miami. I mean, Stefano, what do you think? You're a big historical F1 guy, obviously a modern modern track, polar opposite from what we just saw two weeks ago in, in Imola. Where, where do you stand on this? Well, guys, let me, let me start off by saying I am – pumped about this track. Formula One has been teasing a secondary USGP for quite some time now. Uh, I remember about eight, nine years ago, I think was when they first started, you know, circulating news about this. And the, yeah. the proposed venue back then was Port Imperial, New Jersey, which would have sucked. Now I was excited. I was excited because of the proximity to, you know, where, where we're based out of, you know, cause that would have been a, a pretty easy race to go to, but I'm pumped that it's in Miami. You say that I'm a big historical F1 guy. I'm also a big Miami guy. Love going. <laughs> it's a great city. And 
you know, I had this thought earlier today. It's a shame that we don't get some of the more notorious, maybe infamous party guys on the on the grid. You know, we're, we're, we were talking about Kimi Räikkönen a little bit earlier, but uh, it's a shame we don't get him in this race. It's a shame we don't get Nico Rosberg, who was no stranger to partying. You know, I think they would have loved it here. But the track itself, you know, I'm looking forward to it. You're right. It's going to be a, a really fast track. We have a really long back straight. I think it's 1.2 Ks. You know, we're going to see some tremendous speeds there. I think we have essentially a, another sort of mirror long straight in the first half of the race. You know, there there is a, a little bit of change in direction going on there. But for all intents and purposes, you have two massive straights linked up by, you know, some technical back switchback uh, hairpins, some S-curves going on there. So I think it's going to be a good race. You know, it's definitely going to take advantage of some of the more powerful cars in the grid i think we i think we could see some some battles between ferrari and red bull here totally yeah 57 laps crazy 5.4 kilometer circuit i have three possible overtaking points on the grid i think you see a lot of overtakes going into turn 11 which is a long high speed straight with it's a speed trap I think you're going to see some late lunges. I think that's probably where you'll see like a Verstappen Leclerc battle. I think you're going to also see another one going into turn 17. Again, long back straight. That's what you're talking about. Stefano, it's going into turn 17, a hairpin at the end, but it's a full on straight. And then I think you're going to see a little bit going into turn one. It's a shorter DRS zone coming off of a high speed corner of turn 19. So I think you're going to see teams catching up into turn 17 with the hairpin, probably make some mistakes going into that turn, open the door up. DRS detection zone heading into 18, 18, 19 is a quick turn. And then you got your speed straight. It's not that long though, going into turn one, but Sam, this if we get a fourth DRS zone, you're going to be a pig in mud. This has got your name. This circuit is you all over it. Yeah, it, it honestly felt like this might have been the one, but um, would have been nice. Miami, like fast life, crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, would have been perfect, but yeah, disappointing. And and another thing I was disappointed about is the marina. You know, the the marina that's going to be part of the track. No real water in it. Um, that's bogus. It's I fake knew you water. Would say something about that. It's totally bogus. Um, I would have loved to see like a car go off the track into like a pool of water, see like the craziness that that would bring, or like the winner jumping in and swimming with like dolphins or stingrays in it. Like that would just be pretty electric. So I was pretty bummed to see that the Marina had fake water. Yeah. We need to get you on the marketing board for F1, Sam. Yeah. You have some ideas that, that they need to hear. Us getting a Latifi like spin into like the marina of a bunch of fake yachts. And just yeah, and just getting like like attacked by a bunch of stingrays, like that would be so sick. Latifi just kind of getting on like the the radio, being like, I don't know what happened, guys. And he just like can't swim and he's like stuck. And then like pitbulls like on one of the yachts, like fist bumping and that's another thing. Okay, we need like a bingo card of what celebrities we're gonna see this weekend. I was about to say the same thing. Pitbull for sure is gonna be there. Oh, Pitbull for sure. Um, J Lo, A Rod, um, I don't know, uh Dave Portnoy, maybe Flo Rida, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis will be there. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna oh, be a that who's would be who. Sick. It's gonna be a who's who. Um, the celebrities. I mean, yeah, like one of the things I'm looking forward to, celebrities. I want to see what celebrities are there. It's gonna be a list red carpet. It's gonna be sick. Dwayne Wade, another guy, he'll be there. I was gonna I say, about my, to say my Dwayne the Rock shot. Johnson. Shaq, oh, Shaq, Shaq will be, there. be there. The Rock, The Rock, another one. Everyone's gonna be there. It's gonna be Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch will be there. Will Smith. Do we that see that guy? Him looks like come? a dragon. Do we see Will Smith come out of like hibernation for the F1 race? 
No, Jada won't let him. I mean, no, you guys are right. Like, we're going to see some crazy celebrities. This is like, and I also feel like this, like, we see some pretty good celebrities in Austin. And we're going to, like, Miami, we're going to see, like, Shakira will be there. Like, who is going to sing the national anthem? Glorious, is Glorious Stefan still alive? Ricky Martin singing the national anthem. Ricky Martin or J-Lo. Yeah, Ricky Martin or J-Lo. Wait, guys, guys, we mentioned Pitbull earlier. He's obviously singing the national anthem. No, he's not. Pitbull won't sing the national anthem. It'll be J-Lo or, like, it'll be probably, like, a female. But anyway, so... Big circuit, big, big deal for for United States. Early on in the year, we thought that the Twitter stands and the F1 purists were all pissed off that the United States at the end of next year would have three Grand Prix with Vegas, Miami, and Austin. And it's like the opposite. Like the F1 drivers are like pumped. This is like the best circuit you could have is Miami, Austin, and Vegas. Like those are unbelievable. Vegas is going to be so dope. Vegas is going to be sick. Miami's already so dope. I'm kind of pissed that we're not there this uh, this upcoming weekend. It's preaching it's to the truth. choir, man. Yeah, man. I mean, Mother's Day weekend really throws a monkey wrench into our plans to go to uh, the F1 race down in Miami. All right. We got to talk, though. Miami track, 57 laps, 19 turns, three DRS zones. Uh, it's going to be absolutely electric. Top speeds, slight elevation changes now. Guys, obviously big story. We always should talk about for the, the outlook on the race. Red Bull versus Ferrari. Now, here's what's interesting. Ferrari is bringing, and Stefano, big time to Fosi. Sam, huge call on Ferrari this year. This is what I'm watching because this is the first weekend where Ferrari's kind of bringing a vastly different package than what they've been bringing all year. They're bringing a low to medium downforce car, another engine for Charles Leclerc. They're actually opening it's an engine upgrade so they're unlocking it a little bit to bring in more horsepower less downforce so i think this is a huge thing to watch because these both these drivers are going to be driving a car slightly differently than they've been driving all year sam start with you you've been all over the ferrari team this year in terms of predictions what's your take on what's going to happen this weekend ferrari versus red bull you all I'll say this. You think Ferrari's feeling uh, Red Bull breathing down their neck? Oh, you know, fir- first major upgrade of the year just happens to come the week after Max and Checo go one, two. I think this uh, this could be a sign that they know they're they're not going to have as comfortable of a lead against Red Bull this whole season and they're in for a serious fight. So that's that's my first take on it. My second take is I feel like this is a track that Ferrari's going to flourish at. And so the number one thing I'm watching this weekend is what type of performance we get from Carlos Sainz. You know, I, I don't think there's anyone on the grid who's going to be facing as much pressure this weekend than he is, you know, just had the new contract extension, a couple of races in a row where just, just awful, terrible weekend. So he's up against it this weekend. Um, I'm looking for specifically him and Ferrari to kind of bounce back get on the podium, but I, just in general, I think Ferrari is in for a good weekend. I think this track fits them and you add that on top of the upgrades. It's, it could be a great weekend for them. So it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking the opposite. I felt like this track fits the the Red Bull car more because I feel like they, they have been such so dominant in the straight line speed and the top speed advantage versus like Ferrari has been clearly dominant in like high speed corners with high downforce packages. You saw in Jetta, like, the, like Ferrari was flying through sector two and they just have like a much better high speed corner and car. So I thought that this track actually suited like the Red Bull car more, but, and I want Stefano's opinion, but 
new track surface, higher tire deg. I think you're going to see something much similar to Australia this year where yes, Red Bull has the higher straight line speed, but they're going to like have such worse tire deg than Ferrari that Ferrari is just going to absolutely dominate the circuit. Even though I think the circuit is like more suited to like the Red Bull package being brought because they don't need to have a high downforce car. But I mean, Stefano, obviously I think this is a Red Bull circuit, but I'm with you, Sam. I think Ferrari has a lot to prove. Sam, you think this is a Ferrari circuit? Stefano, break the tie here. I think it's a Ferrari circuit too. Let's be honest. They have the best power unit going into this race and an upgrade, you know, to Sam's point, they definitely feel a little bit of pressure from Red Bull, you know, after the one, two from last weekend, but it's not only necessary because of that, but it's necessary to adapt to the track. Brand new track, really, really high speeds on the track too, you know, with the long straightaways, you know, you have some really fast turns. I'm, I'm looking specifically at turns four and five here where you're pushing, you know, 150 to 160 through those turns. So I think with a low downforce package, I think we'll be able to see Ferrari absolutely fly around this, this circuit. But now interesting comment you made, Sam, Carlos signs here's so two weeks ago, I, I had this prediction that we were going to see some Ferrari mishaps heading into Imola. My question to you with Ferrari this year is signs like the right person to be alongside Charles Leclerc. Like, I feel like he's getting in his own head a little bit. And like you take like a team package like Verstappen and, and Checo. Checo's obviously like rock solid, steady hands. I think if you were to swap out like a Checo and a Gasly, it, I don't think you'd get the same performance out of them. So like, do you think that Carlos Sainz is the right second seat for this Ferrari team? So I think that remains to be seen and simply because we haven't found out yet if he's comfortable and okay kind of playing that second fiddle to Leclerc chasing a championship. He clearly had championship aspirations at the start of the year. You know, we heard him talk. We heard him come in second, you know, the first race and he was as disappointed as anyone. So we know that he had championship aspirations, but we don't know yet if he's able to kind of sit back and maybe manages expectations thinking I'm okay. Finishing third, we're trying to win at constructors. I'm not trying to win a drivers anymore. So finishing on the podium every week, that's a recipe to, to win a constructor. So I think we, we still have yet to find out how comfortable he is in that role. It's too early to say, but I agree with what you're trying to say is at the beginning of the year, he was certainly, you know, driving for a driver's championship and that can always cause problems. If you have two of those drivers on, on one team. Yeah, no, I mean, Stefano, your perspective, like Carlos Sainz, you think he's just had some unfortunate luck with a couple of these races? Or do you think that there's something else going on where he's facing too much pressure and he can't handle the position he's in this year where the team is fighting for a constructor's championship and his teammate is clearly dominant? Is he overdriving too much and is he going to become more of a liability Ferrari than an asset? I'd have to agree with that. You know, when you have a driver like that who's clearly, clearly in his own head about things, you know, he's, he's thinking too much about about what he has to do rather than just sending it and driving. I think that's going to be a, a liability over the course of the season. But, you know, to our to our to our previous points, who's going to if you want to replace him, who's going to replace him? We're yeah, no, talking we about Sergio you're, we're talking about Sergio Perez. I mean, look at Sergio Perez's track record. I'm thinking back to, you know, when he was a rookie in F1 in 2013, you know, when he was with Jensen Button on McLaren, he was he was young and inexperienced and he was really you know, right up uh, Jensen Button's chuff and Jensen Button would complain mid race about Sergio Perez's racing tactics. So when you have somebody super competitive like that and you pair him up with somebody like Leclerc, who is clearly, you know, 
hitting a real green patch of form, those guys would definitely butt heads and you would also have a liability in the team. And you have, you know, probably, you know, a, a Hamilton and a Rosberg situation like a, a Mercedes a few years ago. So, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place as to who their, their number two driver is. And, you know, Ferrari can talk all they want about, oh, we have equal race. We have a uh, equal status among racers. No, you don't. Leclerc is clearly better. Science needs to get his head out of the clouds as far as, you know, his racing style and his strategy. You know, I think once he does that, you know, he'll be, he'll be better for it. He's not going to challenge for a title, so to speak, but I think Ferrari will be better off in the constructors title hunt, you know, with two, two drivers who have their heads on their shoulders firmly and, you know, putting good performances on race day. Yeah. I mean, Sam, you had said it last week, you were pretty confident that at this point it's pretty much Leclerc one and science two. Nobody's saying it publicly, but I think you're both right. I think like it's very, very clear. Leclerc is a one driver, Sainz is a two driver. They'll be competitive, but I just think you, it's going to be a really interesting race. I'm with you. I think that this is going to be a massive race for Ferrari. I think this is a must win for sure to keep it. I, I, I'll put it this way. Do you think, Sam, it's too early for Ferrari to hit the panic button if they get a, let's just say like they finish like third on the podium and like in the points and it's like another max check a one, two. Like, at what point do you think that Ferrari's hitting the panic button? It's a long season. Uh, another week like last week, and, and I think it's time. That, that, that showed a lot of inexperience last week, and I don't think that's something that just goes away with the snap of a finger, and it'll probably be something that continues to reoccur over the season. So if that happens again, back-to-back races, I think it'd be time to hit the panic button for sure. And on the flip side, Stefano, if Red Bull has another weekend like Albert Park, is it time for them to hit the panic button this weekend? High, uh, high temperature track. It's very similar conditions to Albert Park. And I think we saw Imola, it was a little bit cooler, raining, so they could keep the engine a little bit cooler. I know it's more, they say it's a fuel pump issue that they've experienced in both Bahrain and Australia. But do we, if, if we get another Red Bull reliability issue, is it time for them to hit the panic button in both the drivers and the constructors? Honestly, I don't think so. It's way too early in the season to hit the panic button for either team. You know, you look to the, you look ahead to the calendar, you've got some tough races coming up. But at the same time, it's so early in the season that you can adapt to, you know, inconsistencies with reliability with the various you know uh, things that you can control at a track like weather tire deck things like that so i don't think it's quite time to hit the panic button for either team you know if we were talking after you know going into the summer break then then it would be a different discussion but right Mm -hmm. now this early season no way speaking of the panic button let's change gears here Uh, mercedes supposedly sam your big team mercedes total wolf g russ same last name as you, probably no relation, who knows. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, you're a big Lewis guy. They think that they've got a handle on the porpoising effect heading into Miami. Do you think that there is enough pace in that car from what G. Russell has demonstrated if they solve the porpoising effect that we're going to see a better performance holistically from Mercedes this weekend simply by them solving the porpoising effect? Or do you think there's too far off the pace? Um, I mean, I, I hope it's enough. I mean, I feel like every week we're hearing two different things coming from different reports out of a Mercedes camp and it's, yep. we've, we're figuring out a way to limit the porpoising and we've unlocked something with that's gotten us, you know, however much more horsepower. So it's, it feels like it's a twofold problem and it's Mercedes. So I think you continue to hold out hope that it's going to happen, but it's getting to a point where it's kind of put up or shut up time. Another week of, only getting a couple points and you know, they're going to fall into irrelevancy. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely put up or shut up time. I have my fingers crossed. We see 
a good week out of both Russell and Hamilton. So I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic about what we're going to see from Mercedes this week. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Obviously we heard Toto taking, you know, the blame for the car. We talked a lot last week about Hamilton just needing to like suck it up and go beat your teammate. Nico Rosberg has been very vocal on that. I mean, the porpoising effect has been brutal for them. Even George Russell came out and was like, he had chest pains. He could barely control the car. He's like, it's, it is getting to be undrivable. And you know, that that's going to suck as a driver, especially in, a, in the temperature and the heat where they're going to be, it's going to be upwards of maybe 85 degrees with humidity. I think that's been a little bit different in the tracks they've raced. It hasn't been as humid, but it's been as, as, as hot. Um, I think personally, one thing I'm looking for is I think you're going to see Lewis really go out and be competitive in qualifying this weekend. I think he has to, I think he cannot afford to miss out on Q2 again, uh, or certainly for his career, but also for the team. Yeah. Stefan, what, what's your perspective on the Mercedes decline this year? Well, I'm neither here nor there on that, you know, as a, as a, well, I want you to be here. Don't be there. Be here on that. (laughs) As a, as a Ferrari fan, I'm a bit, I'm a bit happy to see the decline, but you know, I think that it will require, I don't want to say a fundamental tweak of the car, you know, cause they have some, a real issue with the ride height that they have to adjust. You know, the center of gravity on that car is way out of whack. And that's one of the key factors in what's causing all that porpoising. So they're going to have to figure something out with that. And I don't think it's going to happen, you know, between one race to another. I'm, I'm looking later in the season that, that that might be fixed or addressed, so to speak. Um, but I think if Mercedes are going to be competitive this weekend, it's not going to be because of the car. It's going to be because of the skill of Lewis Hamilton. You know, he's going to have to drive with a lot of grit, a lot of determination to get something out of that car. And I think that's what's going to be the difference here, you know, from last race to this race. It's going to be Lewis Hamilton, not Mercedes's car. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be great. I mean, we obviously have said we want to see a competitive Lewis out of the, the race in, in the season. I think that would be fantastic. We got like a three-way battle up front. We've been saying that. And I'll, put, lot, I'll but... put it to you this way. I'll put it this way. I hope that the car isn't very good and Lewis Hamilton gets a little bit indignant, a little bit angry. You know, because yeah, you want seen... to see some sparks. You want to see some I... Toto and Lewis sparks. I want to see sparks from Lewis because, you know, over the past five, six, seven years, Lewis has had a dominant car. We've seen flashes of what he's capable of when he has his back against the wall. You know, there's been times when he's, you know, started from the back of the grid. There's been times when he's had issues mid race that he's had to address, but you know, we're, we're starting to see some consistent issues with the team that he's not really had to face in a while, you know, not since his first year at Mercedes did he have such an uncompetitive car. So you know, I'm looking forward to a gutsy, ballsy drive from Lewis Hamilton. And that's what I'm hoping we get out of it because yeah, we're long overdue. We're long overdue some Lewis Hamilton heroics. No. And you know, you know what? It's, um, it's something that I think this podcast would be desperately hoping for to see. Cause I think seeing Lewis sitting behind Gasly and Albon for 30 some odd laps, isn't what the, anybody wants to see out of, out of a race week, especially in Miami, especially out of a seven time world champion especially out of when you're, when your teammate is up in P five, top five every single week. But so speaking of Lewis Hamilton, his teammate, one big thing I'm looking, I'm watching for this week is Valtteri Bottas. I think his performance in both Jetta and for, unfortunately he had a power unit issue and last week or two weeks ago in Imola, he was, looking very sharp he probably should have been p4 they had a bad issue in the pit he couldn't catch george russell if there was one or two more laps he 100 was going to pass george he was just showing pure form i think this is a big week 
for Alfa Romeo. Sam, what's your take? Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple things that I'm looking for yeah. this week. It's a couple cars that maybe looked really, really good to start the season, but have sort of hit uh, a rough patch and the momentum has kind of stopped. And that's Alpine and Haas. Both cars, so much momentum, looked probably towards the head of the, the midfield. Last couple of races, they've, you know, come back kind of towards the bottom part of the midfield. I think specifically Alonso, it's a big week for him. He's mm-hmm. sneaky, only has two points this year which feels low for how fast he's looked at at certain times. I think he needs to have a big week to sort of solidify himself as a competitive member of the team against Akon, who has 20 points already and is ninth in the drivers. Um, and then Haas, you know, Magnuson looked so strong early in the year. He's showed flashes of looking like a very competitive driver um, on the grid. And, and he's sort of been a little underwhelming the last two races. Haas and Alpine are two teams I'm looking at this, this weekend. Um, I think uh, both of them need to kind of get back to that head of the midfield sort of spot. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. We had, we've been pretty silent on Haas. They had a good performance in Imola. I mean, not as ideal as they would like to. Mick with the, the opening lap crash into Alonso, he kind of ended his race, ended Alonso's race really too. So both teams you were talking about kind of got into a little bit of a scrap into turn one at Imola, kind of just a normal racing incident. It just kind of like it happens on lap one, turn one, and, and especially in wet conditions. But yeah, I mean, Alpine has been probably like their team that I would have expected is probably a, they're not scoring where they belong in the midfield. Same with Haas. Like they're, they've both got competitive cars compared to McLaren. They've got competitive drivers compared to Alfa Romeo. So it's just the midfield is totally bunched up and I'm excited to see what K mag has in store for this weekend and El plan. But, um, and Stefano, what are you looking for this weekend? I'm looking forward to the battle at the top. Ferrari and Red Bull, but I'm also looking to McLaren. Uh, Lando's been, you know, he's he had a, a rough start to the season, but he's been progressively showing better and better form throughout. So I'm I'm looking towards Lando to see where he can he can end up on the grid. I, I'm thinking that he could have a good race in this yeah. new circuit. Uh, so I'm looking at I'm looking at McLaren along with Red Bull and Ferrari. All right, we pretty much have covered the grid. The last thing I didn't talk about that I'm also looking forward to is I'm looking to a clean qualifying for Alex Albon this weekend. I think he has been he's proven that he can like kind of get into Q2 with uh, at Bahrain. He looks like he can he has the the driving style and the pace to at least sneak up into maybe starting P13 to P11. I don't think he has enough pace to get into Q3, but he's been racing pretty solidly that if he got, if he was starting somewhere in the P11 to P15 area, he's going to have a good race. I mean, I think he started like P19 at Imola and he finished P11. He was one point, one place outside the points, finished top 10 at at Australia with a crazy strategy. I think he's got a, a good driving style that if we get him further up on the grid, into a start, he, he might make up a couple places and keep that Williams squarely in track position for them to score a couple points. But Sam, I know we talked about Albon being like, uh, he's been had some hard luck and I'm, I'm excited to see if he can have a car that doesn't catch on fire in an outlap. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. We've said it a couple of weeks in a row, how much we'd love to see him in a little bit of a better opportunity to start the race. Totally. Um, he's, he's driven beautifully from the back of the pack it would be just nice to see him get a little bit more opt- optimistic start to the race. So that, definitely looking for that and, and hope he kind of gets through practice and qualifying unscathed. Yeah. And I'm also yeah. looking at, I don't think Aston Martin gets, I don't think they have a good weekend. I think that this is a weekend that Aston Martin just another pick of a car. They're not going to, not going to do much. It's hard to like put a lot of faith into Lance Stroll 
Uh, he doesn't check his mirrors. I think Seb is kind of catching on the, the regulations a little bit. He'll probably have a, a competitive qualifying, maybe make up some places, but I just don't see another double points out of Aston Martin this weekend. They're squarely at the back, in my opinion. I'll put it to you guys this way. It's a brand new circuit. The optimist in me thinks that, you know, the driver's lack of familiarity with the circuit could toss up some surprises in qualifying. You know, we may see some some teams that are used to being, you know, at the back end of, of the grid. Maybe they'll creep up a few places. You know, I think once we see once we see some some results from the practice sessions, I think we'll have a, a more solid grasp on on where these drivers stand. And, yeah. you know, any any new circuit is going to throw up surprises, you know, not not to say that not to say that, you know, Alex Albon is going to get pole or something like that. But, you know, we'll 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 see something. We'll see a, a, a maybe a surprising top 10. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of different like different drivers in different spots. Like I could see Albon out qualifying like a Danny Ricardo or like a Sebastian Vettel out qualifying, say like a Valtteri Bottas, right? Like I think you're going to see maybe some of those types of dynamics. All right, guys. So now obviously big weekend in Miami, huge race for Ferrari, also huge race for Red Bull to chip away at that lead, uh, sustain the, the positions. Let's do our segment. We always do heading into the race week predictions, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Who do you got on pole and who do you have on the podiums? On pole, I have Charles Leclerc. Uh, and my podium this week is going to be looking like Leclerc, Verstappen, Carlos Sainz. I think Sainz, I guess I've said it now for a couple of weeks, but I think he kind of shakes, uh, shakes out of it and has a strong week and finds himself on the podium. So Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz. I mean, it's really, really hard to like come into these weekends and not pick Ferrari and Red Bull because they're just so dominant for the podiums. Um, but it's a new circuit. So I think you're going to see, I think it's a big weekend for Ferrari. I'm with you on that. I think they have a lot of pace in that second new engine. I think they're bringing a low down force package. So I think you're going to see, this is going to be the weekend where we see what Ferrari is really made of and what the rumors are. Are they true that they have unlocked even more horsepower? We just haven't seen it quite yet. Stefano, you're a big Ferrari guy. Who do you have pull through podium? Well, in qualifying, the I'm going to go with uh, Leclerc on pole. There's this this track favors you know the the more powerful cars so much that you can't not put Leclerc on on pole. If I'm going to go a little bit further as far as qualifying results go, obviously I'm thinking Verstappen is going to be uh, P2 in qualifying. And I'm going with Checo Perez in P3. But as far as the podium for the race goes, you know a little bit little bit different. I'm thinking Max wins. Leclerc P2 and Lando Norris rounding out the podium. So talk to us about that. What happens to Checo in, in signs? Are they just getting outperformed by the McLaren or is there like a racing incident that you think that they're going to get involved in? I think the lack of familiarity with the, with the track will play into, you know, some interesting racing strategies throughout the race. You know, we can't count out, you know, freak weather happening. You know, for anybody who's been to Miami, uh, a rainstorm could pop up out of nowhere and you could see the grid bunch up and see uh, an accident happen that way. The safety car comes out, you know, you got everybody back bumper to bumper, you know, something, something freaky could happen that could, that could result in, you know, some of the favorites like science and, and Perez suffering a little bit. You can't count out anything with, with these new circuits. So that's why I'm leaning more towards a little bit of a wild card like Lando. Uh, rounding out the podium. 
I like that prediction, similar to what happened in Imola and, you know, seeing Lando on the podium, I think would please everyone in this podcast. So I've got something kind of, you guys have touched on a little bit of pieces that I'm thinking for this race weekend, but it's a little bit different. I think you're going to see Checo Perez on pole. I think he's clearly been putting in the work this year. He had pole in Jeddah. He's clearly got some pace. He's been right alongside Max and Charles through pretty much all the qualifying. He's hundreds of the seconds off of the pace. This is almost like a home race for Checo too. Pretty dominant Latin and Mexican fan base in Miami. I think he's just been biding his time. And I think he has the, the capability of being on pole. I, I think Ferrari is going to be solid, but I, I just think they're going to struggle a little bit with the balance this weekend because it's the first time they're going to be doing something totally different than what they've done. So I feel like the two drivers just aren't going to have the same feel heading into qualifying the way that they normally do. So I think that's new track different balance, different packages. I think you're just going to see an opportunity for someone as rock solid as Checo to come in and snatch pole. Uh, so that's why I put him. However, I don't think he's going to win the race. I think you're going to see Leclerc win the race and I think they're going to settle it out. I think you're going to see way higher tire dags for Red Bull and it's going to be a very similar repeat to Australia. But I think you see Max P2 and out of nowhere, I think you see Valtteri Bottas in P3 on podium, on a podium. I think it's a Ferrari power unit. He's rock solid as a driver. He These types of tracks where you have new tracks, you need people with experience like Checo, like Verstappen, like Bottas, Hamilton, all of those, because they can just adapt to the circuit. They don't make many mistakes. They can just keep the car in the right position and they can fight. And I think Valtteri has the pace. And especially with three DRS zones, even if he started like P6 on the grid, I think strategy is going to come into the mix. We probably are going to see a two stopper with the heat, with the new track surface and with this high speed circuit. I think you're just going to see a ton of tire dag. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going on a limb here. I think you get Alfa Romeo first podium of the year. Yeah, I like Love that. It. Great pick. I think you bring up a good point with the tire dag, too, you know, because I'm thinking mostly into turn 17. You know, you're coming off of that that huge straight. You're going to see some amazingly huge uh, breaking lockups there. Yes. You're going to see flat spots on the tires. You're going to see just massive, massive tire dead going into that particular turn. And I think that's going to, yeah. I think that's going to alter the race quite a lot. Cause if you, if you get the entry into that turn wrong, your tires are gone. And, you know, later in the race that plays such a huge factor. So I think that could be a, an interesting wild card for strategies for that race. All right, guys. No, I love the predictions really bold. I like it across the board, totally shaken up in P3. I, I think this is going to be an awesome race to watch, but final thoughts, Sam, kick us off. Final thoughts heading into the race week. Very, very excited. Like I said earlier, can't wait to see all the celebrities, Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, Ricky Martin. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm very pumped. Awesome. Stefano, final thoughts. Yeah, I have to echo Sam there. I, Like I said earlier in the podcast, I am super pumped that uh, we are getting a race in Miami. Big fan of Formula One, big fan of Miami. So the two going the two going together, I'm in heaven. Wow. So great, great predictions from the team this week. Sam, as always, let's move on to our gambling segment. You have been absolutely scorching lately. Four and right race predictions, eight and one in matchups. I know we're early in the week recording this on on Thursday morning, and the lines are usually best coming out on Saturday, but what are you seeing right now? Where are the value picks? Because sometimes the lines going into race week, there's a little bit of, of arbitrage that you can kind of capture if you find some value. So uh, what, what are you seeing right now? Where are your picks at? Yeah, so I think with the new 
the new track this year, there's a lot of unpredictability going on right now. And, and you can see that in Vegas. There's there's a lot of strange lines. And and honestly, there's actually not a lot of value this week. I, I think Vegas is, is kind of scared to, to lose their shirt on some of these lines with the Sharks out there like me just kind of poaching them. So um, they're a little timid, not too much value out there, but I, but I did find um, a few plays that I like and um, that we'll ride with this weekend. So without further ado, we are using DraftKings lines this week. DraftKings hit us up if if you want to sponsor us. We, we'd love to, to use your lines on a on a weekly basis. But my first my first pick this week, I'm going to be piggybacking off what I just talked about a little earlier. I like Charles Leclerc to win, plain and simple. I think he's coming out on top. Um, I'm, I'm 4-0 in race predictions this week, like you just said, Matt. So I think I have the pulse on who's going to come out on, on top in these races, and I like Charles. So Leclerc to win plus one thirty five. Lock it in. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go that that angle this week. Um, awesome. Next up, yeah. Next up, we're gonna go back to the well. Uh, one of my favorite bets. Um, new track, a lot of unfamiliarity. Um, we've heard similar things to Albert Park, Abu Dhabi. Makes me think we're gonna have some carnage out there. Um, maybe a few crashes, um, a few spin outs. I think we see another safety car. Um, and as you know, Matt, I love my safety car bets. So we're, we're going back to the well. Unfortunately, there's, there's no um, going to be no water involved in these crashes because the marina is fake. Um, but I'm going, there will be a safety car minus 350. You're paying some juice, but guess what? There's going to be one. So just eat that juice bet. There will be a safety car at minus 350. Yeah. Turns 14 through 16 gets super tight. And it's, those are coming off of some high speed, high to medium speed corners. So I think you're right. It's they're on the limit with what the engineering limits are, are allowable in those. So it's going to be really, really tight. So I think you're going to see some people making lunges and probably a crash. I, I like that bet. Eat the juice. I like that. Love it. So my next play here, um, another thing I talked about a little earlier Alpine is a team that came out of the gates hot. Um, they had a fast car, looked to be strong, competing towards the front of the midfield. You know, we saw a race where Alonso before crash and qualifying, you know, could have been on pole. They got a fast car. Um, it seemed like they've sort of plateaued a little bit, maybe stalled out. Um, haven't showed much form over the last couple of races. I think that changes in Miami. Um, I think they kind of, get back to being towards the front of the midfield. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see both Alpines in the points, but I'm going to bet on Esteban Ocon to finish in the points at minus 110. Wow. That's awesome. I love that bet. That's He's been racing really hard lately. The Alpine does have a very competitive car. I think it's just unfortunate for Fernando last weekend. He got hit by Mick, and that was the end of his race. So, you know, no, not a DNF due to reliability, more just a, a incident into turn one. So I like that bet a lot. Yep. Um, next up, <clears throat> I started the year talking about how I thought Carlos Sainz would win a race this year, and I was going to bet it until it happened. Um, that obviously hasn't gotten off to a great start. I've kind of thrown that idea away. Um, while I'm not necessarily backing off the idea that he's going to win a race, because I still do think he has the car and the capabilities to win at some point. Um, he's obviously had a very rough few weeks and last race, I bet Carlos to finish on the podium. He didn't make it through turn two of the race. Um, I'm now moving on to betting Carlos to finish on the podium until it happens because 
it's going to happen. He's going to snap out of this funk he's in. Um, he's going to start being competitive again. And I think that starts in Miami. Um, so pressure is on Ferrari to turn the heat up against Red Bull. And I think signs snaps out of snaps out of this funk and he finds himself on the podium come Sunday night. So the bet for me here is signs to finish on the podium plus one ten. back to the well. Love that. I agree. I think, I think signs has had some hard luck in the past couple of uh, races. I think, I think Australia, he was definitely trying to overdrive. I think uh, in Imola, he was playing a little cautious and he just got tagged by, by Ricardo. So I think you're right. I think he's kind of accepting the fact that he needs to score points this weekend and given it's a new track, he's probably going to be a little bit, I think this is a good maturity weekend for Carlos. And I think he's going to actually have to come out and drive a good car. And if all the Ferrari rumors are true that they've got low downforce and they have the fastest power you on the grid, he just needs to bide his time, have a little bit of patience and he should find himself up in the, in, in the points for sure. Top five for sure. But like podium is not out of reach. So I love that bet. Yeah. And good, good segue into my next play. You, you know, you just mentioned the rumors of Ferrari having a super fast car this weekend. So, you know, last race I had Ferrari with to have the fastest lap. Um, they had it in the bag until Charles spun out late in the race and kind of opened the door up for Max to grab that and Charles to drive through some traffic the last few laps. Um, but it was the right bet. Um, I just caught a tough break and I'm sticking with my guns here. Um, I think Leclerc has the fastest lap this week. And, you know, like I just said, it seems like they're going to have a super fast car with these rumored upgrades. So I'm sticking with the, the theme of a little bit of redemption from, from last race. Um, I'm going to go Charles Leclerc fastest lap plus 135. Love that too. I think you're right. I think again, they were going for it last weekend or two weekends ago at Imola. He's had it in Australia. I think he had it in Bahrain. He might've even had it in Jeddah. I can't remember the Jeddah. I think he had it in Jeddah. And so I think you're, I think you're all over the board. I think that that makes a lot of sense. The last weekend felt more like a fluke and with the rain conditions and everything too, I think that the far, I think it just kind of was geared more towards the, the Red Bull with the conditions. So could we possibly see our third grand slam of the year in, in five races? You know what? That would be absolutely unbelievable. I have a feeling we're not. I feel like these cars are so fast that to lead every lap going into the to Miami weekend is probably going to be tough. But, hey, we didn't think we were going to get two Grand Slams back-to-back weekends. So anything's possible in this in this season of Formula One. Yep. Um. So my last bet of the week here before my matchups get released Saturday night. Um. So another team with rumored upgrades and their backs against the wall. I bet you can guess who it is. One of my favorites, Mercedes. Yep. Um, it's, it's one of those things where we're all going to be watching it this week. Um, George Russell's been driving beautifully, but will Lewis snap out of this, this funk he's in, this moping around type of mood he's been showing over the past few races? I'm going to bet yes. I think he's getting a little embarrassed about it. And he's, you know, as, as our partner in crime, Stefano talked about a little earlier in the show, um, we're due for a passionate, Great drive, aggressive drive from Lewis. And, and I agree with Stefano. I think we get that this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mercedes, both drivers in the points at minus 170. I think that we see a little bit of a jump up from Mercedes. There's rumors that they're handling the porpoising, um, unlocking a little bit more horsepower. I think they snap out of it a bit and they start getting a little bit more competitive. And we see them kind of neck and neck with McLaren a little bit more this week. And, and I think we see both Mercedes drivers in the points. So that's my bet at minus 170. 
minus 170 double points for Mercedes. That's a bold move this early in the week without seeing what they're like on track. How confident are you in that? Fairly confident, to yeah. be honest. And, and it's besides besides the safety car at minus 350, the Mercedes both in the points might be my best bet of the week. I, I really like them this week. I think, as I just said, I think George Russell's been driving beautifully. I'm comfortable with with seeing him in, in the top 10. And I, I think Lewis is just due to, to get, to give us a drive, um, a drive that, you know, he can be proud of drive that says, hmm, he's not done. He's um, he's here. He's going to be driving this year. And uh, I, I think he snaps out of it. And, and we see, we see the Lewis Hamilton we've all known to, to love. Um, and, we, and we see him back in Miami. <clears throat> so you're all over the Ferrari and Mercedes board this weekend for for our red bull fans i mean they were clearly pretty dominant in yep there he is he's showing the mercedes hat he's got the amg logo tattooed on his left pectoral and it is shirts off for sam he's saying don't lose your shirts this weekend he wants everyone to make some money but sam red bull's been dominant the past few races I know you picked Max in FP1. You picked him to win the race. Uh, Checo has been pretty good too. And I know we'll get to the race matchups closer to, to race day. For our listeners, what's going on with, with where Red Bull is looking, where, you know, McLaren is? Like, are you just, are the lines a little bit just not favorable? Like, you're, you seem to be really hard in Ferrari this week, which I'm not hating. But talk to the fans, like, you know, what, where are you seeing other maybe potential value picks or where you don't like lines? Yeah, no. So we, we talked about value at the beginning of yeah. this segment. Um, and I, I honestly think Ferrari is where the value is. They're underdogs yeah. this weekend. Max is the wow. favorite. Max is the favorite to win this race right now. He's plus a hundred with Leclerc at plus plus one thirty-five. So um, Ferrari's the underdog. And I think that's crazy. Um, that is pretty crazy. Actually. If, the, if, if a few things went their way last, last race, they could have won at Imola um they showed the pace that they were pretty much right there with red bull um and it was weird conditions it was a wacky weekend i think with good conditions a smooth weekend normal scheduling i still think ferrari is the cream of the crop on the grid right now um and another thing i'll i'll talk about here you know i think every week i've brought it up you can still bet ferrari to win the constructors at a, at a relatively good price it was you know where I got it plus 500, you know, it doesn't get much better value than that. It's been creeping down. It was, you know, it was about minus 150 the last few weeks. It's down to minus 125 right now. Both them and Red Bull are minus 125 doing the constructors right now. There's two bets out there that you can get great value. I think Red uh, Ferrari to win the constructors minus 125. Charles Leclerc to win the drivers minus 125. I still think those two bets are, are very solid, great value. I think Ferrari is still the cream of the crop. I think Leclerc has shown he's not afraid of Max. He's going to be there. He's not going away. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls away midseason. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope we get a, a very, um, you know, close, hard-fought season through the end of the races. But I think Leclerc has shown, you know, when he's racing well, he's tough to beat this year. And, yeah. and Ferrari still is rumored to have a lot of power that they've yet to unlock. So I, it just it wouldn't surprise me to see Ferrari continue to be at the car that everyone's chasing. Um, so I think if if you can get Ferrari to win the constructors at minus twenty minus one twenty five, which you can, pretty much every book out there, I think it's a great opportunity to jump in on them. I, you know, 
I think you could you could see them be minus 200, minus 250 in a couple of weeks. So um, I'll continue saying it. There's a lot of value out there on betting Ferrari to win the constructor still. Yeah, those are fantastic picks, Sam. You've nobody's seeing the board as well as you are when it comes to Formula One. It's you're right. The sharps like you got Ferrari preseason. No one's going to get those lines now. If you can even just kind of get it close to even money, that should be a win for most people because absolutely. I think the only question mark on on that bet right now is how solid signs is going to be. Because uh, I think the Max Charles battle is going to exist at the top. And then it's just a matter of if signs has the maturity and the discipline and patience. I think he does. I think he gets it. I think I think Imola was kind of a little bit of a fluke. I was out of his control. I think Australia, he was still grinding and fighting to be driver one. He he truly thought he had the capabilities. I think now it's very clear he just needs to kind of put his head down and drive. And if he can get close to his teammate, great. But he needs he needs to score points for his team. And I think you're right. I think Charles, he showed a little bit of a sign of um, not immaturity, but we talked about it last week. He showed signs in Imola of, a little bit of overdriving, a little bit of putting too much pressure on himself instead of just scoring points. It's a long season. Him finishing P3 would have been just perfectly fine. And I think he kind of recognized that and he, he knows he can go out there and he has the confidence to just fight Max Verstappen. And we're not seeing them get crashing into each other like we saw last year with Lewis and Max. So I think you're right. I, I'm shocked at Ferrari underdogs going into this track. I think both you and, and our other host, Stefano, were all over the fact that Ferrari definitely this track is, is suiting them. So maybe maybe Vegas is still just not wise to to how these these races unfold. And you are all over it. So I would follow you and all the picks that, that you're coming up with. So any other picks for the, for the listeners this week? No, that that's it. Um, but as always, you know, stay tuned to our Twitter uh, at in underscore the underscore points um, on Twitter, you know, eight and one on matchup predictions this year. Like you said, no one's hotter. No one's got a better pulse on the board. Um, keep an eye on that account, you know, throw the, the notifications on. Um, we'll be, we'll be tweeting up a storm this weekend. We're all going to be locked into practice qualifying. You know, if I see any nice value bets out there, I'll be keeping an eye on the board um i'll throw them your way but saturday after qualifying probably saturday night keep an eye on those matchup bets because those are like gold right now that's that's free money follow those and um you know you'll be buying a, a new ferrari yourself yeah so sam 60 percent year-to-date win rate four and oh last weekend at emola and race matchups four and oh on race uh, on race winners year to date phenomenal record coming out of you and you are certainly the hottest hand. Any anything that the t- anything you learned from last weekend for for folks to avoid? I know free practice, first time betting free practice, first time betting the sprint. Is there anything that you're saying? Hey, don't touch this with a ten foot pole. Yeah, don't bet free practice one. Yep, that's Love my <laughs> that, that's my advice. Don't bet free yep. practice one. Yeah, especially at this time in the season where all these cars are you know some of them bring bring upgrades, some of them aren't. Some of them say they're bringing upgrades and then don't bring them. Some of them only give them to one of the cars. Just stay away. I learned my yeah. lesson a little bit. And and especially don't do it if there's rain in the forecast. Um, but, yeah, stay away from those FP1s. Yeah, just like Charles declared, Emila, you learned your lesson at Emila as well with betting free practice one. It was a fun bet. You're a fun guy. You like to put out some fun bets for the crowd. And, you know, it, and it didn't pan out the way that, you know, I even think Max thought it would pan out on track or many others and for that matter. But no, Sam, awesome picks as always. Tune in Saturday after the qualifying for Sam's race matchups and picks for the weekend.
That's a wrap for us on this week's episode of In the Points. Tune in this Sunday, May 8th, for a special Mother's Day Miami Grand Prix at 3.30 Eastern. We can't wait to see what this new circuit has in store. Will Max and Charles battle again for pole and the race winner? Does Mercedes have a competitive car or will Lando Norris take another podium? Tune in this week to find out. And as always, please like, subscribe, smash all those bills and whistles so you never miss an episode. We will come to you live next week with our race recap. And as always, stay out of that dirty air and keep pushing. Shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Come on, shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Can't control yourself.